is that? Hebrews 12. Uh, do we agree in this section? Or we are sit deliberating? And then without holiness, no one shall see God. But you understand that. I help you to understand from the book of Romans 6 that a holiness has, a righteousness has been revealed. The righteousness that comes through God. And this is the righteousness that God has given that the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. The righteousness will attain by the blood of Jesus. But then we have the work of holiness. We have the holiness that we have attained by the cleansing of the blood. But we have the work of holiness that is our lifestyle. Hallelujah. Are we together this morning? Because mornings are always vibrant. And I have just a few minutes to speak with you and then I run away. Hmm? So, therefore, the holiness God is talking about is not a regulation. Yes? Don't touch. Don't do this. Don't do that. That's not it. But those who are holy are regulated as well. Because every human being is regulated. Okay. So, when we looked at all the instructions about holiness... We, we drew a conclusion. Who is a holy man? Is a man that feareth the Lord. That's a holy man. He's not a man that doesn't make mistakes. He's not a man that is perfect. He's not a man that, that is sinless. As into the area of mistakes. We are sinless by the cleansing of the blood. But in our normal life, we still commit sin. We make mistakes in life. But a holy man is a man who does not want to make mistakes. That is, anything he does, he checks it with the word of God. And if he recognizes that he had taken a step, which is contrary to the word, he breaks down before God and asks for mercy. That's a holy man. Are we together now? Somebody who considers God first in anything he does. So, one of the things that we resolve is that a holy man cannot keep grudge. Yes? A holy man cannot be unforgiving. Uh-huh. It's not regulation I'm telling you. It's the truth. No, be so. Not so. <laughs> a holy man does not chase over the wind, you know, after the wind. A holy man is not proud. He has to be humble. A holy man is, he does not argue with the word of God. If the word of God says something, that's it. He doesn't say as far as I'm concerned. He doesn't have an idea. It is the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. A holy man, therefore, is a man of peace. And he lives in peace. He has peace. He enjoys peace. He lives in peace. A holy man is not bent on his own will. A holy man submits to the counsel of God. A holy man is happy with everybody. A holy man loves everybody. Even those who hate him. A holy man does not react to people as they behave. He doesn't justify evil by reaction. Maybe I will re-express myself. You know when someone does something wrong to you. If you are a holy man, you will not reply that wrong with wrong. Because you cannot justify your own wrong action by what people did against you. A holy man will always think that if I react like that, what will God say? Well, how will God feel? That is what we found in Joseph when he had a point to commit adultery. It's a, a fornication. He said, for me to do this and sin against the Lord. So he would have done it as a human being, but he, because he doesn't want to sin against the Lord, he decided not to do it. No one would, was there to see him. And that would have been the end of his destiny if he did it. Satan set trap for you to abort your destiny. And he will tell you that nobody sees you. <laughs> so a holy man, therefore, is a man that fears God. 
And Isaiah tells us that such a man God respects and honors. And that's why Hebrew 12, 14 says, Without holiness, no man shall see God. Somebody may be thinking that, but I'm struggling with these things. But I told you that you and I were born by God and created as his image. Isn't it? So don't have much problem about what I'm saying. That Ah, it seems as if I'm finished. You are not finished. This is where you are. The book of Romans chapter 8 verse 29, what does it say? It says, Romans 8 29, For those God, He has also, Okay, let's read together. So therefore, when you remember that I showed you here that everybody got for new. Those are those who are born again, isn't it? Yes. Come on now, talk to me. Okay. So everybody who is born again, God pre-programmed us to be conformed with the image of the Son. So when you are born again, you are like a baby who is born in a family. You are a human being. So when you are born again, you are God's child. Okay? But a baby cannot behave like an adult, does it? No, that baby will be laying on the bed and, you know, until one day he's everybody walking erect. And then the baby will begin to think that, how can everybody here be walking erect and I'm on the bed all the time? So the baby will try to do something and it will fall down, fall down from the bed. And the parents will pick up the baby, oh, he's trying to crawl. So when you turn the baby upside down, the baby will turn the other way because he wants to walk. And the baby will be crawling. That's the best way he can interpret walking. So are some Christians. That is your stage in life. And at that time, the baby poos all the time. Somebody takes care of his poo and stuff like that. Some Christians are just like that. But because you are like that, doesn't unchristian you. You are in the process of growth. Okay? And that's the reason why some of you still keep malice. Some of you still, all those yeast and things that will, that will give you high blood pressure, you'll be doing it. Until doctors have work to do over you, and then you cannot have sleep, you can you have a nightmare. As you know, that's as in angels because you are just seeing a baby pooing and they are cleaning it. God is cleaning you up. Very stubborn. Hallelujah, somebody. Born again, stubborn. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> and God accommodates you. <laughs> so then you have a time that the child will be holding the father or the mother when they are walking or the elder sister. And then you discover that that child is trying to get up and is, and you hold the child, it takes one, one step and doesn't have confidence, it falls down. <laughs> so there are some of you still at that stage. In my dialect, they call it Shubushere. Hallelujah. You are falling down for play. Amen. You rise up and you fall. You rise up, you walk, take four steps and you fall. And your father will keep on picking you up that. Use your leg, especially if you are a boy. He will say you are a man. Don't behave like a woman. Walk. Yeah, they can allow girls to, to stay long before they walk. The father doesn't have a problem. But if a boy doesn't, he has a problem. He'll be telling that boy that, get up. So whatever the case may be, and one day you start walking, you take 10 steps, and then your, your, your knees appear to be strong enough, and then you start trying to run, isn't it? And then you can walk and run. And then you start growing, and you keep on growing, and you keep on growing. But you see, as it is that there are various stages of growth in human nature, so uh, as it is, the Bible calls some people carnal Christians. 
But they are still Christians, but they are carnal. They are babies. They are the ones who say talk, 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 things that should not be. They are the ones who get engaged in all this malice and all this stuff. But you know, as it is that a child suffers in one way or the other for those contraventions, so Christians suffer for those contraventions. This is the reason why God continues to talk to you the way I'm talking to you. So that you understand what determines growth in Christianity is your mindset. And uh, what is the, <clears throat> what, um, how long can a person be matured at an instant of decision? That's the difference between the spiritual and the physical. The physical you have to spend years to grow. There are people who have been born again in church for 10 years, 15 years. They remain where they are. Some people get born again three months. They have grown faster than the one who have been in church for 15 years. And they are opening the doors that the one for 15 years cannot open. Because the 15 years have gotten used to God, you see. But the one who just came is so excited. He wants to grab everything, grab everything. The moment he hears that he can't keep malice, he went to all the people who have malice with him. I said, please, I'm so sorry. I've been having malice with you. I'm not born again. I'm no more malice. You are my friend. No problem. Whereas the one in the church has been too old. That when we tell them that you shouldn't keep malice, it has become their food, their staple diet. It will take God a longer period, probably some road of correction, before they will now change. But you see those ones who just come in and what you say, they grab it and they run with it, they change and they run with it, they change and they run with it. You will discover that in about three months, six months, they cannot pray in the power of the Spirit. Because the instant, the period of growth is determined by the instance of decision when it comes to spiritual. Alright? So therefore, you and I have no excuse. And none of you can say that, well, you know, maybe I'm not born again. No, you are born again. But the fact is that you, will, you have to stop being carnal Christians. There is a life that is worthy of those who, are, who call the name of the Lord. There is a life worthy of those who profess to be holy. There is a life worthy of those who Jesus has cleansed. Because Jesus appeared with his blood, that's the reason why we will appreciate him and make up our mind to live a godly life. Are we together this morning? So the second thing I taught you is about faith. Don't forget, without holiness no man can see God. <laughs> I was told something yesterday that somebody... Met and a pastor was telling me somebody came around and you know what is an old man and was saying that you know this apostle something strange about him all the time he'd be talking about Jesus who came to heaven Jesus appeared to him he said I can't figure that out in my brain <laughs> and he said to the pastor pastor can you understand how could Jesus be appearing to a man <laughs> pastor said when Jesus does appear to a man he said ah, I can't understand it can it be true the pastor said that it is true Jesus appeared to apostle. He said, but, I mean, how can, how can God be taking someone to heaven? And I told the pastor, because this man understands occultism. I said, if I was you, I would have told him, does Satan take occult members into the realm of evil spirits? Yes. Does he take them to the land of demons? Yes. That is the reason why when they invoke demons, they will be talking about your family, because at the time they are talking to you, they have no more there. They are right in the other realm, taken by Lucifer. And they were telling you about all manners of things that the devil has done in your life. Because they can read it. Now, if a natural man can understand that. Why? Because that evil uh, the witch doctor devoted himself to seeking the devil. 
So also those who devote themselves to see God will see better. Huh? Are we talking? So why should they be confused? Yeah, so if you have told him in his language, you will have stopped talking. <laughs> Listen to me, therefore. So, to obey the scriptures and restructure your mind draws you closer to the place of knowledge. Mystery will be revealed to you. And God celebrates that. God loves that. When God reveals things to you because your heart is constructed to wanting to please God. Okay. Then your eyes will be open to see what he is revealing. But then by faith you please him. And by holiness you see him. Now the third thing is believing in him. And I told you that you must distinguish between believing and faith. That is what I want to really speak about in the next 10 minutes. Believing and faith. Believe in the Lord. To believe in the Lord is to have confidence that what God has said is true. To accept that what the Bible says is true without evidence. That is belief. But to have faith in God is to have trust and confidence that God will deliver what he promised. So when you have faith in God, you will make God to manifest over your life. But if you believe in God, it will make you to manifest God. So, if I want to pray for you and you are sick, and I say that there is somebody here, like yesterday, you know, I picked up in my spirit when I was preaching, you know, I'm being crusaded in Enfield now, with um, El Shaddai. It will finish tomorrow. And I picked up in my spirit that somebody had lung problem. Lung issue. So, and I was trying to put further into what I saw. And I could get the very part of the lung that was having the problem. The spot where it was. So, I declared concerning that and prayed for the person. As I was praying for the person, after immediately I prayed, a text came in to remember there that one of the members has just been hospitalized who had clot in the lungs. So, she quickly wrote it, having had God minister to that. Wrote it, and I said, I said it about two or three times. When I was moving away from it, I said, there is a woman here who has, who has lung issue. And God is giving you a brand new lung now. Now, the woman sent the text to the pulpit that it is mother such and such. Or sister such and such. Alright? So they brought that letter to me on the pulpit. But you know, usually when I'm ministering, I don't read letters. Because when a man is speaking by God, he must not be interrupted by man. If I'm ministering and somebody manifests demon, I shut the demon to shut up. I won't cast him out. He should shut up. Until I finish preaching. Because that kind of demon must hear the gospel. When I finish the gospel, then I'll command him to get out of the place. What he didn't hear in heaven, he must hear it on earth. So when he finishes hearing, I command him to get out. Okay, because you mustn't disturb when God is speaking. So what I'm saying to us, therefore, is this. That one, of course, will be healed. Because God picked it up. Now, for me to pray for such a woman, I must first believe that what I saw was true. For me to announce word of knowledge, I receive it from the Holy Spirit. I must believe the Holy Spirit is not lying. So, when I believe that the Holy Spirit is not lying, it will produce faith in me. Then I will make a declaration and that will be a miracle. I will together. When I identify with you, if God speaks to me that somebody is having a particular issue, 
I who speak it must first believe that God is the one speaking. And when I say it, then what happens? It will produce faith in you who had the condition. That, oh, God, identify my condition. Praise God. Then you will now expect a miracle. That is what faith does. Faith will cause you to expect God to manifest. Whereas, my belief in what I had caused me to say it. Okay? So, when I say it by the Spirit of God, because I believe God is saying to me, second thing is that I also believe that if I command in the name of Jesus, God will do it. It's a difference between belief and faith. So, belief will make me manifest. There are some of you that when you will start with somebody and God will give you a word of knowledge, you will flash in your mind like a thought, and you will not recognize that it's God. You say, can that be true? Should I tell her? Should I not? What about if it's not true? That is unbelief. When you doubt what you believe, then it's unbelief. I will show you two scenarios in the Bible where Jesus dealt with talking about unbelief and belief. Fear is what causes unbelief. And Jesus said it distinctly in his cases that fear equals unbelief. Now, therefore, so believe, therefore, will make you manifest God. You know, in the book of First Kings chapter 17, you hear about this man called Elijah. He just came out of the blue and said, I shall be no dual in except by my word. He believed in himself that he's a servant of God. Full stop. That's what brought him to do that. So believing in God will cause you to manifest. Let me give you the, the literal understanding for you just, you know, just to come down to a lower level of understanding. Now, how many of you are doctors or nurses? Dr. K, if somebody, if this woman, as I'm preaching, drop, collapse, what happened? He will jump from that place quickly to the place to go and sort it out. Because he's a doctor. If police surround somebody on the road and the person drop fall, and then somebody just came and said, I'm a doctor, what does police do? He backs off. Okay? Now, this man will not say I'm a doctor if he does not believe he is a doctor. Though what causes him to believe he's a doctor is because he has information about medicine that have been pumped into his head over the years to make him a doctor. So, he cannot doubt whether he's a doctor or not. Because his belief in himself that he's a doctor is based on the information that he has acquired which other people did not. And when he says, I'm a doctor to the policeman and somebody is falling dead, the police will back up and expect him to do something a doctor should do. And when he does, he says, okay, this is the situation. He brings out his stethoscope, tests all the stuff, and said, yeah, this is the situation. All right, he's okay. And then he goes, ambulance, you know, this is Dr. K, you know, I have a patient right here. Where is he? Ambulance rushing to the place. And then the, whoever the ambulance that came to pick the person, we expect information from him as a doctor. And what he tell him, okay, he will stand from that. Now, what brings manifestation of a man is your believing in yourself. And this is the area many Christians feel, God, who are you, by the way? You must know you are the son of God. Period. The Bible says, as many who believe in God give them the power to be called sons of God. Full stop. It says to those who have been called, have been, to those who have been, uh, those, 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 those he had, no, not predestined, those he had for new, he had also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. 
So if you are the son of God, you are a brother of Jesus, everything Jesus can do, you can do. That is what God is saying. You and Jesus before God are the same. You are junior brother. He said you have to be confirmed with the image of his son. So if Jesus has confidence in God, you should. If Jesus can ask God for anything, you too can ask God. If you say that I'm very sinful, that's why Jesus died. He paid the price for you. In the book of John, chapter 17, verse, uh, verse 18, he says, you know, verse, verse 19, he says, For their sake I have sanctified myself, that they too may be sanctified. But you see, many Christians don't understand this. That's why they do not manifest. You must understand who you truly are, and you must understand what made you what you are for you to manifest. You must believe in yourself. I beg you to believe in yourself. Are we together now? This is not a puppy that tells you that power is here, power is here, but it's not there. That is a trash. (laughs) Hallelujah, somebody. In a short time, they will bring cripples to this church and say, you come and lay hands on the cripple. And you'll be shocked that the cripple will walk. You lay hands. Okay? You who feel you can't lay hands at all, you are the one I will call. And the cripple will walk before your eyes. For you to know that it is not you, it is the one in you that is working through you. But you must believe. That's why Jesus said in the book of Mark chapter 9 verse um, 23. What did he say? Shall we read together? So believe we make things possible for you, not for God. Okay? We make things possible for you. This I'm equipping you because revival is coming. And when it comes, you have to function. Don't look at me like that. Hallelujah. Look at yourself anew. You are somebody. Simple. Okay. So when this man, when Jesus said this to this man, everything is possible for those who believe, what did the man reply? Let's read together in the next verse. Excuse me, not everybody is reading. I don't like this kind of reading. Let's read together. I want to go immediately. <laughs> yes. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. That tells you there are different levels of belief. So let me show you now the different levels of belief. There are different levels of belief. And your stage you are now is a level of belief. If you increase more in God, you go to a higher level of belief. And more, you go to a higher level of belief. Look at the book of Mark chapter 5. Let me show you different levels of belief. Because I'm finishing now in 10 minutes. I'm looking at your time. Serious. 521. Hallelujah, somebody. 521. I'm preaching about five times today. When Jesus had again crossed over to the, by the boat to the other side, let's watch this very well, of the lake. A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. We are looking at different levels of belief. Okay? So the man had a belief by going to Jesus, but he did not have a belief for the miracle anymore. That man, in chapter 9, because... Deliverance minister wearied him. Okay? They prayed and prayed and prayed. The boy was jumping all over the place, screaming and, you know, but nothing happened. 
So he was worried by those who say, come out, I bind you, lose it, stay, stay there. Everybody say whatever he likes. <laughs> I told you when I was like that, didn't I? <laughs> I would close my eyes over a madman. Bind in the name of Jesus. I was saying, I lose you. And the man went down like that. By the time we opened our eyes, he had fled. <laughs> our, our boss says that. All of you bind and lose. You are telling him to lose. You are telling him to run. You are telling him to stay there. Now, the man, sh- go- where is the man? <laughs> the madman had run away. <laughs> Uh, but now I don't close my eyes when I cast a demon out. I want to see it. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is a level of belief. Okay, look at this now. So the man was worried. So he believed that Jesus Christ can heal, but then he was worried because of others and he prayed for that Jesus should help his own belief. Now look at the next verse on this. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus, Jairus came there, seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet. You know, he believed in Jesus. But what, let's see how he says. I'm pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. Is that not a good faith? Yes. He believed in Jesus that Jesus can heal. But let me show you something here that is hidden within this line. So, the next, the previous verse, 23. He pleaded earnestly with Jesus. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her. So she believed that Jesus can heal, but her faith is that Jesus must put hands on her. That is her, uh, his faith. Now, unless Jesus, I know that Jesus can heal my daughter, but the moment he puts his hand on my daughter, he shall be healed. Hallelujah. So Jesus did what? Followed her. Followed him. The next verse. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd following and prayers around him. The next verse says, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. You see the condition? The other one, the daughter is just sick. But this one is subject to bleeding. For 12 years. Now look at this the, the situation. She has suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. But the one who was sick didn't. And has spent all she had. The one who was sick still have a house. Okay? This woman doesn't have a house anymore. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. So she was totally busted. Hopeless. Hopelessness has always been the ultimate situation that triggers faith of people. Many people don't call on God fully until Satan bankrupt them. Don't let that be you. You don't have to wait for such. But at the same time, that situation therefore caused a different level of belief and faith. Look at the next verse. When she heard about Jesus, she didn't have opportunity to go and meet Jesus. Hmm? She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. While this Jairus was holding Jesus' preventure, and they were talking and they were going to the house of Jairus, Jesus had the power, but the faith of the Jairus in his belief is that the Jesus must get to his house and lay hands on the door. And this woman on the road, a pauper, just felt that, no, I don't have a house, you know, if I can just touch him. I don't even need him to see me. And I don't even need Jesus to speak to me. Because who am I that Jesus will speak to me? But I can, I can rub a little bit. 
By touching the hem of his garment, I, I know I'd be made whole. But if you look at their fault, that is an act of faith. But the act of faith came from a belief. Because she thought, 28, if I just touch his cloaks or the hem of his garment, the other translation says, I will be healed or I will be made whole. So you can see belief is thinking, but faith is action. Belief is thinking, but faith is action. For faith to work, it must stem from a belief that is a conviction. Look, what I'm telling you, I'm not just reading the Bible. I can give you several instances in my own life. This is the truth about God. The woman said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that is belief. But the Jairus said, if he can come into my roof and lay hands after entering my roof, if you are still operating like the believer of Jairus, get out of it. Our God is an instantaneous God. Instant God. If he will do it tomorrow, why not today? If he can do it next year, why can't he do it now? It depends on your belief, which determines your faith. Look, let me say something to you. You know that in this case, this woman, in her condition, she was a relegate. Because any woman who has such in Israel must not be among people. They will stone her to death if they discovered her. So it does not matter how terrible your condition is. Or how hopeless your condition is. What matters is your level of belief. Which will trigger the level of faith. But we see, very good. So, therefore, immediately her bleeding stopped. And she felt what? In her body that she was freed from her suffering. Without Jesus speaking, she was free from her suffering. Her faith drew the power because she had a strong belief in her heart. You know, all the false prophets, you know what the devil used them to do? To make you not to believe. That's what they are for. They will lie to you. They will say all manners of things to you to make you not to believe that God can do it for you. Even so, we make you feel that you are, a, you are less human to them. Okay? And you can never get anything from God if your feeling is like that. Because the Bible says that haven't we been saved, we should approach the throne of grace with confidence. Let me say this to you, every one of you who listen to me. If you don't do what I say, you'll be guilty. Forever. You know what I say? If God can do it for apostle or through apostle, he can do it through you too. If I can lay hands on the sick and they can be whole, what is wrong with your own hand? Lay hands, my friend. Begin from yourself. If I can ask God for something and God will do it, why can't he answer you? We are the same family. The blood that goes through my vein goes through your vein. If I will not cry before the devil, why are you grinning for the devil for? Cast him out and burn him and rebuke him. Let the devil know that if you touch my environment, I will say it is world war. Just touch my toes. Really, if you don't touch me, if I feel uncomfortable in my body, I will take it on the devil. Alright? No, he didn't cause it. So what will the devil do? He will protect you. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. He doesn't want his work to be destroyed. 
If any demon, all those useless demons that are baby demons and they are just wondering about, and they just saw anybody and they, they will just touch this one, they will slap that one. And if they come to you and they want to slap you, they couldn't. And then you feel the wind. And you begin to bind every devil, destroy all the works of Satan. When that demon go back to Satan, Satan will punish him. He will tell him that, don't you have eyes? <laughs> don't you have eyes? You can touch this one. You saw many people there. You, you didn't touch The one that has the blood. Are you blind? Okay, for that punishment. But if you are one of those Christians that when uh, anything, yeah, apostle, <laughs> apostle himself is fighting with his own demons. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> if you call my name, I will call your name too. Amen. authority and you come to me and say apostle the devil was doing this and I took authority and say eh, okay for the devil to have done that to you now I also will deal with him that is the way it should be that is the way it should be and you can it's your belief it's your belief you see that man let me tell you what happened the woman got freed right on the spot but the that daughter of the man is still sick now let's go very quickly that's it and once Jesus realized that power had gone from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? Then, look at the next one. You see the people crowding against you. <clears throat> His disciple answered, And yet, you can ask, Who touched me? The next one. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Any man of faith will attract the attention of heaven anytime, anywhere. Heaven will look for you. Heaven will look for you. You know what made people fear? Death. Let me tell you something. All of us will die. Ah, that's the fact. So what you fear what you are going to eventually end up in? If you decide not to fear death and you fear God, He will protect you from that death. If you fear death, that death becomes your God. And God is helpless. If you fear failure, God cannot help you. You have to fail. Because a man is a slave to whatever he fears. That's the scripture. You are not given the spirit of fear that fall back into slavery. So, therefore, the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. Two people fell at his feet. You remember that the first one fell at his feet asking that, come and pray for my daughter. Alright? But this one fell at his feet to give thanks. Because faith walk faster. Eh? And then the Bible says, what had happened? She, the woman, knowing what had happened, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Understand that fear there is not the fear of unbelief. The fear, the dread of God. And master, I'm not fit to touch you. I'm a defiled woman. But I have contravened the law because I have faith in you. I believe in you. Look at what Jesus said to her. Shall we do it together? Uh-huh. That is to me. I say that is to me. I say that statement is to me. Have faith in God. I will be established. Don't worry about who you are, your condition. It doesn't affect faith. Look at the next verse. The journey continues with the second belief. When Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, Jairus, the synagogue ruler, you see, 
a bishop. Your daughter is dead. Hallelujah. Why is he having faith that Jesus will have to come to his house? Satan killed the daughter. <laughs> Amen. His belief did not stop the devil from killing the daughter. Listen to me. If you have such faith, it's terrible. It's a faith when, during when that faith is operating, Satan is still set loose to do any evil. But the faith of the woman, uh, you know, the issue of blood, her faith is so that it stops the devil. It stops the devil. There are some of us in church that our faith is what has given back to the devil messing up our lives. Your faith is for tomorrow. Not today. It's a bad thing. You know they said he's dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Such faith to give up. You know this man has belief. And his faith is not yet realized. Because his faith is Jesus will lay hands. So he's still working on this belief. And they came and told him that don't bother the master because your belief should be dead now. Because your child really is dead. Look at what Jesus said. Shall we read together? So, fear negates belief. If you look at when Jesus said it again, when Peter in Mark, Matthew chapter 14, when Jesus was walking on the sea, and Peter said, he's a ghost. And Jesus said, no, I am. He said, if you are the one, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come, come. He jumped into the water, and then he started walking on the water, and then he now, wind set loose. Everything went with wire. Before, there was no wind. The moment he stepped to the water, there was wind. Hallelujah, somebody. Is that not the typical of the devil? <laughs> Amen. That maybe this one will not escape. I will, let me give you more tough, tough, tough things to, to make him to the unbelief. And the moment you look at what the devil is doing, you lose it. You lose your belief. And so the Bible says in that Matthew 14, when Peter now looked at the wind, he began to sink. And when he saw that boy, I'm going. <laughs> he said, Jesus help me. And Jesus said, okay, get up. He said, why did you fear? Fear negates belief. Unbelief does not produce faith. When your belief is progressing to the, period, to the place of faith, Satan tries to threaten it with fear. If you give in to fear, your belief cannot produce faith and you cannot get manifestation. Do we see it now? Come on now, Todd, let's talk together. Are you with me? I don't know what God has told you to do. And you're afraid to step into it. And Satan is reminding you several reasons why you can't do it now. Because you will fail, of course. It is the devil who failed, not you. You didn't hear what I said. Regardless of what he shows you, that which you have believed God said to you, do it. Do it first and fail. You will be amazed that when you step out to do it, help will come. Amen. The devil knows that. So he will try to make you not to step in. If, if, God, if you don't step in, then God can do nothing. But if you step in, which is the act of faith, believe bringing act of faith, then God will step in and he will take care of the fear. Jesus says, why? Don't, don't ignore them. How do you not fear? Ignore fear. Ignore what the devil is trying to make you do to you to make you fear. Just ignore it as if it didn't happen. Hallelujah. Is that not the same way you should ignore sin? 
Somebody is looking for my trouble. You are looking for my trouble. You are looking for my trouble. <laughs> because you are concerned about what he's looking for. If somebody is looking for trouble, if you ignore him, you won't see trouble there. You see peace. Hallelujah. And if somebody looks for trouble so much and is always seeing peace, I think even if he's a madman, he will change his mind. Isn't it? Ignore the devil. Do not emphasize on the devil. I told them in the crusade yesterday that if I go to a church and they are talking about how demons are, they deal with the stages of demons, the names of demons, I will just pack my door and say that all of you are devils. I will walk out of the place. I don't come to church to come and be taught about Satan. I come to church to come and talk about Jesus and his angels. And someone says that we are giving testimony uh, and the devil pursued me and I took a bend. And then when I got to the other place, I saw another man with teeth in the nose. And then when I saw the teeth in the nose, in the church, when the Bible says that the old men shall dream dreams and the young men shall see vision, your own vision is teeth in the nose. <laughs> that will not happen in my church. Hallelujah. I will shut that man straight away. If, if you have teeth in the nose, you should go to a shrine and tell them that the one looking for those who have teeth in their nose. Hallelujah. Teeth must be in the mouth of a man. Talk about Jesus. Ignore the devil. Ignore the devil. Somebody is looking for my trouble. Ignore it. Celebrate it that is looking for your peace. Hello. Let me give you one. Some of you get into argument with your husband. I will not accept it. I will accept it. I will not accept it. I will accept it. I will not accept it. And you will accept it. Hello. So if you times I will not accept it, plus you will accept it. Is equal to what? We accept it. No, times it. I will not and I will. I plus I equals to we. <laughs> <laughs> not has no marriage in both sides of equation. So not is not doubt because it does not exist in both sides of equation. But accept exists in both sides of equation. Accept plus accept is accept. Therefore, we accept it. What you eventually accept, why should it cause you headache before you accept it? That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Ignore it. <laughs> You will not accept it. Okay. I will accept it. Okay. Which one do we do? Just tell me, dear. Okay, we go. <laughs> what, what headache does that give you? I'm the one accepting every day. Don't you understand? Somebody must be the one accepting. And the other one must be the one giving. Hallelujah, somebody. If you are the one accepting all the time and there is peace with your acceptance, are you not a man of peace? And what the Bible says, blessed are the word. Peacemaker, they what? Because sons of God. Look at this man. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just believe. Fear negates belief. Now, go ahead. Very quickly, we finish this one. He did not let anyone follow him. So all those who cause unbelieving, Jesus shut the door against them. Shut the door against people who make you to unbelieve God. People always come and tell you things contrary to God. Shut the door of your house against them. If you let them in your house, they will wreck you. They are wrecked already. They call it in my dialect. You don't understand what I'm saying. I just look in talks. <laughs> I just look in talks. Eh? A failure looking for accomplice. They try this, they fail. They try that, they fail. They try that, they fail. If you are the one in the company of failures, what will, you, what will happen to you? Failure! People who make 
make you fear. The hotel you have terrible the world is. How, how fierce the devil is. How powerful Satan is. Shut door against them. Yes, sir. He's not shut the door. So, except Peter, James, and John. Hallelujah, somebody. Be among the Peter, James, and John. The next verse. He said, when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing aloud. The next verse, Jesus ignored them again, <laughs> wailing and crying. That's what they can do. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead. He was. What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? Can you imagine people who are crying and wailing? <clears throat> Jesus said the child is not dead, but he's sleeping. Look at what happened to them. But they what? How can a crying man laugh instantly? Because the crocodile tears. Oh, <laughs> it's my wife who said that somebody had crocodile tears. I've never seen crocodile cry. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Maybe she has. I don't know. Said that, that's a crocodile tears. I don't know. But in this instance, I can use it. <laughs> I, you know, anytime I read that scripture, I love to scorn. People who are willing. You know, cry is different from willing. Cry is... Mm. But willing... Yeah, oh, yeah, you, ah, I will die with him. He had died. Hey, why? Hey, you know? People do that. I went to bury somebody in London here. Are you with me now? And then people were crying. And I said, woman, everybody was crying in their own capacity. And they stayed where they were. They were not disturbing my service. And the woman came. Hey, I will die with him. And they were holding her. She was penetrating the people. And they were holding her. So? Yeah, in London here. I said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. And they left her. I said, woman, jump inside. I'm ready to bury you. Because I am a minister, I celebrate wedding, I celebrate bath, and I bury people. Enter! Put her there! And she, she said, no, no, no. I said, throw her there for me. She disappeared, and Willie stopped. I had they said in their culture, they are like willers. <laughs> they are liars. I don't touch a thing. These people were willing. And Jesus said the truth. They started laughing. Can you imagine? From willing to laughter. Can't you figure that out? That is the people in the world. Shut your door against them. If I, if I have a demise, I will not accept anybody who only be able to come there and say, Ah, what a pity. What a pity, you see. What a pity. If you say what a pity first time, second time, third time, say, enough. Enough. If you don't have another thing to say, take your pity, keep it in your heart. Tell me solution. If you can't tell me solution, pity, pity, pity. Carry your pity and go. Carry it and go. Finally, I love this. The next verse. It says, no, no, go back to 40. It says, after he put them out, locked them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. What did Jesus do? The next verse, he took her by the hand and said to her, Tali the coat. Which means, little girl, I say to you, 
get up. That is your portion today. I say that is your portion today. I say that is your portion today. Stand up on your feet and let's pray. We are going to pray that God will extinguish every attempt of Satan to make you doubt God. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Every attempt of the enemy to make you doubt the Father, that the, the Lord will extinguish it. That fear will not take hold of you. But the spirit of faith will rise up within you. Fear will be destroyed completely. Tell the Lord, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ for myself. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, the spirit of love and sound mind. Tell God, help me to operate in, in sound mind, not in fear. Destroy every fear, every form of unbelief. Help my unbelief, oh Jesus. Help my unbelief, oh Jesus. Pray and tell the Holy Spirit, every information that I have received, from God. Remind me in the days of my trial. Help me to remember the word of God that I may overcome the devil. Father, I pray thee in the name of your son Jesus Christ. Help me to overcome the devil. Father, I pray thee. I pray thee, O oh God. Tell the Lord to prepare you as we go to the Holy Ghost Convention. In two weeks time we'll be in Holy Ghost Convention. Tell the Lord, prepare my heart and believe in you that I may receive, I may receive. Give me the faith that will draw power. The faith that will draw miracles. The faith that will command signs and wonders. Give me the belief that will draw the gift of the Spirit. I want to be drunk of your Holy Spirit. In this month of August, I will not be left behind. Tell the Lord, Father, I will pray thee. Thank you, Jehovah. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. My God and King, I commit all these people to your hand. May the Lord bless you from Zion. I say, may the Lord bless you from Zion. I said again, may the Lord bless you from Zion. The Bible says, spirit gives us a spirit, flesh gives us a flesh. Everything in your flesh that hinder your spirit, I put them to death in the name of Jesus. Everything the devil has set along your path or strolled into your mind to make you fear so that you will doubt what you believe in God will rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I ask that heaven will come to your rescue every time you are in trial. When tribulations surround you, Holy Ghost will remind you the word of God. When you confront challenges, Holy Ghost will bring you faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Your belief in the Lord shall be as strong as a rock. You will not be weary in the name of Jesus. The things God has spoken to your spirit, get up and do it in the name of Jesus. Everything the devil has killed in your life, I command it to come back to life. In this week, I command it to resurrect. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free, no longer to be subject to yoke of slavery. Every yoke of slavery be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord, if there is anything that belongs to any of these people that the devil has hindered, Lord, I release your angel to destroy the hindrances. Father, Lord, let the angel that keep Israel be released and destroy the hindrances. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Receive your blessing in the name of Jesus. Your blessing that I'll be helped by receiving in the name of Jesus. I command that the wind of God will blow it back into your hands. 
Satan will mourn over you. Heaven will celebrate you. So shall it be and so it is. Anyone that carries sickness in his body, you are miserable. People who have sicknesses in their male organ, you are healed. People who have situation of low sperm count, you are restored. Women who have blockage in their womb and uterus, you are cleared. Your womb shall be fruitful. When men and women who are waiting for, for their life partner, I decree that the Lord will take away the blockade. That the Lord will direct your partner to you. Men of your caliber and standard, full of the spirit like you. Women of your caliber and standard, full of the spirit like you. People who will join with you <clears throat> to make destiny. Not people who will pull you down. He who laughs, laughs, laughs best. This your laughter shall be best in the name of Jesus. The Lord who put laughter in the mouth of Sarah, he shall make you laugh again. So shall it be. Anybody who is struggling financially, I decree, these weeks shall be opened up for you. Financially, you struggle no more. Those who are jobless, you enter your job in this new week. Those who are in business, doors of evil open for you in this new week. By the time you see me, next week you will celebrate. So shall it be. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven. Hallelujah forevermore. Do you know, let me say something to you. Two things really as you are standing. Those of you who are young ladies, or you know, even if you are not young, that you are, you are single, don't take a promise of a man for real and run with it with your life. Make sure if any man talks to you, you verify it, first of all, by your reasoning. Is he compatible with me? Are we compatible spiritually and your career-wise or academic-wise? Okay? God will give you a person who is who you will be a suitable helper. Okay? But you must you must physically examine the person, not just any man you say yes to. Don't think that you are growing old, too old. Let me say yes. You don't. That is unbelief. So that you not say yes to regrets. And don't commit your money. If you find people on internet, be careful. If you are introduced to somebody, be most careful. You must investigate those people thoroughly, not by the Holy Ghost, by human ability. Investigate them yourself. Then you must pray about it. Are we together now? That is number one. Number two, there are things I want to tell you here. I don't have time. This Wednesday Bible school, don't miss it. Do everything in your power to be there. And what God is put in my spirit, I can't because of time. I have to go now to cathedral. Really, they are waiting for me from nine. I will be sharing that with you there. You need information that is adequate to reach where God is taking you. I will together now. You don't have to sweat when you can glide. One information is what turns a man from poverty to being a millionaire. One contact. So, Wednesday for you, I will be with you and we'll look into it. I think you are doing Sephaniah. You study the book of Sephaniah before you come. I think it's just three chapters there. So, study the book of Sephaniah. Before you come. If you don't know Sephaniah, go and look for Sephaniah and you'll find Sephaniah. 
Hallelujah. Congratulations on beside him. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Our God is good. Let's prepare for our tithes and our offering. I'm sure you've been thoroughly blessed. Now I added a third F to my vocabulary this morning. We always talk about faith and foolishness. I've added the word fear. Do not let fear negate your faith. Do not let fear negate your faith. You know, usually we talk about don't act in foolishness because at times the two F's, you could easily confuse them. But it's obvious from the word of God that we have received this morning that fear can turn your faith, it can negate your faith completely. And if you allow fear to negate your faith, you would not achieve what God has ordained and planned for you. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, what does Romans 8.28 say? It says, for, though, for we know that in all things, uh, let's not rush it now. We know that in all things, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Do you love God? If you love God, you recognize that he works for your good. For those who have been called according to his purpose. Have you been called according to God's purpose? And that same chapter goes on to say nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop you or I from what God has ordained for us. So we need to put ourselves in that position all the time. Let's stop being Jarius. Let's be the woman with the issue of blood. Instantaneous faith. And if you have been Jairus for a while, and you might find that your circumstance is that of Jairus today, don't let anyone negate your faith and believe by negative news. Because negative news will come. It's always amazing. When God is about to do something in your life, people will come with negative news. Hold on to that which you have received today. And it will catapult you into the fullness of what God has in store. God has a plan and a purpose. And his plan and his purpose for us will be accomplished. Believe in that. I mean, if you, if you encourage as many people as possible, book a tape, book a copy of that tape for today. Because we need to hear. Faith comes by and hearing. I can assure you that you would not, have, no matter how good you are, with the writing, you could not have written a tenth of what God has given to, you, to us this morning. So if you pick up that tape, pick up the CD, go back onto the web, listen to it. By the time you listen to it a couple of times. In fact, you don't need to, at times people who are listening to tape, you don't have to sit down and listen. Put it on in the background. Once you, you might be cooking, you might be, put it on in the background. Quit home and away. Okay, I can see only a few people understand what I meant. So that's safe then. Huh? East, East, oh, is it EastEnders? I don't know. Which one is that? Is it Westenders? Is there a Westender as well? Praise the Lord. I'm sure we've prepared our tithe and our offering. You are not just listening to me. 
you are preparing your tithe and your offering as well. Because that's the first thing I said. Let us prepare for our tithes and our offering. So if you prepared your tithe and your offering, I'd like to invite you to bow down. Thank God for the privilege that God has given to you to give this morning. For it is out of that which God has blessed you with that you are bringing in obedience to his word. God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he will change his mind. He has a plan and he has a purpose. And that plan and that purpose he will surely bring to pass. He has promised that whoever gives heed to instruction, he will prosper them. Or bring them into a place of prosperity. So thank God that you can bring in honor of his name. You can bring in obedience to his storehouse. Thank God for that which he has given unto you. Thank God for the strength he has given unto you to earn. The wisdom he has given to you to create wealth. Thank God for the ability. Thank God because if it had not been for God, you would not be where you are today. Appreciate and magnify his name. Father, we give you praise and we thank you. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Can I invite us to please rise? Oh, 